Outsider is a show that focuses on the experience of the outlier, misconceptions, culture shock, and navigating your 20s as an immigrant and debunking stereotypes. Let's lift the veil. As a black woman, I feel unsafe, unheard, and fading in the background. Let's talk culture, politics, faith, and healing. Um, so mm-hmm. I have a friend here, <laughs> Yandile, or Mvex, or Little Miss Andy. I don't know what she goes by these days, but um, I have her here to talk about her journey um, to success and how she has triumphed through that process. So, yeah, Little Miss Andy, what's going on? Hi, Ole. Um, so I haven't heard anybody calling me almost any in like 10 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that how old you are? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're old, bro. We're old. Getting a referring to things we did at 15. We're mm. old. It's been 10 years now. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be on your show and to share a little bit about my journey. I wouldn't say I'm successful yet. Depends on what you're looking at, but let's give it a try. Happy to have this conversation with you. What is your definition of success? Um, My definition of success is purpose fulfilled. Mm -hmm. First of all, identify what your purpose is. You know, there's that saying of the two most important days are the day you're born and the day you find out why. So I think the moment you find out why you exist, what's your role in your family, your community, your industry, company, uh, country, or continent, I think that's one indicator of success. And obviously that comes through a lot of exploration, trying, courage, and um, being willing to explore and to be wrong uh, so that you can find the right. Um, And then the second part of success to me today is... I think there's the third important day, the day you you fight for why you exist after you find out why, because you realize that, you know, it's not enough to just identify your purpose. There's so many challenges that come um, uh, that come your way when you want to live your purpose and, and do things that your purpose requires of you. And so, you know, for me, making the decision to actively live in your purpose and to manifest your purpose, that would then be an indicator of success. Um, beyond that, that's like the foundation, right? That's the spiritual stuff. Um, you know, I look at life in five categories. Um, the first one is my spiritual uh, intelligence. Second one is my emotional intelligence. Third one is my intellectual intelligence. And then the last one, the fourth one is my physical well-being. And the fifth one is my financial intelligence. So the physical and the financial are more like results orientated. We don't have much control over these two indicators as much as we think we do. What what translates to uh, physical well-being and financial success are the three ones, which is the spiritual intelligence, emotional intelligence. Are you fine? Are you healthy emotionally? Do you relate well in your relationships? And then um, the intellectual uh, intelligence, which we oftentimes only focus on. uh, And the indicator for that would be going to university, getting your degree, passing, and eventually getting a job, you know? Um, So, yeah, I think, I hope that answers you. That was a mouthful, Yandile. You know, I've always considered you a go-getter. And I I really want to know, do you feel like you've caught a break ever in your life? Because I've never seen you relax. Which um which translates in, in what you just said. You know, in as much as I felt like that was a mouthful, that was a lot for me to grasp. You know what I mean? And I know yeah. that you're the oldest of your siblings. Has that weight ever been too much for you? Well, okay. So what do you mean by catch a break? As in... What what do you you understand about my question? So, okay, I understand the part about responsibility, right? Right. I'm hearing that you're asking me about my responsibilities and that um, have I ever... Well, that's the way I'm interpreting it. Have I ever... Um, taken a break from my responsibilities. Some of them, obviously, I didn't decide to have them. I just have them. Like you, you, you spoke about my role in the family. Um, I'd say the past two years have been that break, although it wasn't voluntary. Um, 
yeah, I just took a break from a lot of things. Hey, I wasn't as productive as it might be uh, be perceived, right? I know social media, also the work that I do. Um, it looks like I'm doing a lot. <laughs> I am, but you know, there's. I don't know. I don't know whether it's because of experience and doing it for so long now that I'm competent at what I do. If I, let me just give an example, right? Um, this past yesterday, I had a client where I was directing um, an event for the pension fund industry in Botswana. So, you know, I serve as a master of ceremonies, but there's a lot of work that comes beyond that, right? There's right. preparatory work, there's the research, there's the development. Um, and, you know, I think five years ago, I'll probably need probably a month to prepare for that. Um, but in this case, I probably needed a week to prepare for that. So I, I, I use little time to achieve the same output. Um, so, yeah, I think I've found uh, a way to rest from it all. And rest is also relative. It depends on what you mean by resting. Right. Um, but, you know, for the past two years, I actually decided not to be too hard on myself because I used to have certain targets like, okay, by 25, I should have made this much money. I should have this much money in my bank account. I still have those goals, but I don't put too much pressure on myself and I don't achieve them because I've sort of come to realize that the road to achievement and acquiring assets in whatever format we want uh, there's a lot of, you know, the first three things that I spoke about at the beginning, the intellectual part, emotional part, and the spiritual part is a lot of work that needs to get done there. And it could take a lot of years, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I've, 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 I've taken a break in the sense that I, that I used to do when maybe 10 years ago, you know, I used to do sports, you know, I used to do music professionally. Uh, over and above that, I, I was in school, I was a prefect, I was... Um, you know, in, in, in all the sciences, additional mathematics. So my schedule was pretty hectic over and above being the oldest sibling in my family. I'm 10 and 15 years older than my younger siblings, respectively. So, you know, today as an, as an adult, uh, it's only my business, right? I sort of, I don't do other things that I used to do, although I want to start now. So if that answers you to say, have I taken a break? Um, I think I did sort of reduce my scheduling and all the things that I used to do. That was actually right on the nose. You touched on a lot of things and I unfortunately I couldn't interject because I needed you to um I needed you to what is it? English is eluding me, so y'all will have to pardon me on this. Um I needed you to hit I, I needed you to get to your period, your full stop, you know. I needed you to get to that point. Um you spoke about all your accolades, being a prefect, um, your business, this, that, and the other, and spoke about I because I, I think this conversation this conversation started off as an inverted pyramid. What I really want you to do is talk about how you started, and where and where you are now, and how how you got to where you are. But when you do that, I need you to talk about um, expand on. Off because it sounds like okay um when you've been goal oriented you almost think you know I've, I've in as much as i think i'm in as much as i thought of you as a dreamer i've never thought i've never seen you give up on yourself has it ever been challenging to be who you are because i think that's where i was that's the drive that's the point i was driving at yeah Okay, so let me just start just the background. Um, so I come from Botswana. Um, I've got a bit of family history in relation to South Africa as well. Um, so when I was growing up, I used to travel in between South Africa and Botswana uh, to visit some of my relatives in South Africa. Right. Um, I schooled at a primary school called uh, Baba Primary School. And then between standard, is it two and three or three and four? Can't remember. I'm not too sure. I went to Livingston um, House Primary School in Orapa. That's a mining town. And I went there because my parents relocated there. And then I came back around the next, on the next, I only spent a year there. And then I came back to Khabarone, which is the capital city of Botswana. And then I completed my primary school at Baba Primary School. And then from there, I went to Lehigh Academy, which is high school, which is where you and I were, Ole, where we met. 
And then after that, I did AS levels. And then I went to Botswana Accountancy College. Um, And at Botswana Accountancy College, so where did everything start? In high school, I was... uh, very artistic, very creative, but also disciplined in in, in my academic uh, subjects, the harder subjects. Um, I was a musician. I was a hip-hop dancer. I did hip-hop music. Um, on weekends, I used to go to the studio to record with my peers. Um, and on some weekends, I joined rapping competitions. And then on some weekends, um, I'd go to do to present, particularly during festive season. I'd go to events and perform at night, even though I was that young. Um, you know, on weekends, my friends and I would um, hustle to get our, our work on radio stations so that I could play. And at the same time, during those weekends, I found time to study, to read um, for school and do my homework. Um, in school, I was a cool kid. I hung around both with the nerds and the cool kids and um, the kids who weren't so academically disip- uh, academically gifted. And so I think from school, I learned, I, I developed interpersonal skills and also the ability to interact and relate with different cultures, regardless of, you know, your capability depending on what we're looking at. And I think that's really important because a lot of um uh, us or young people in, in college tend to, or you, no, no, not college, um, high school, which is where really the foundation of success starts. We tend to only hang around with a specific group of friends who um, who we identify with, who are like our tribe, right? Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's you'd find the average kids hang around together and then the nerds hang around together, they go to, um, and then the not so average kids who usually are more gifted in things like sports and music uh, would also hang around uh, together. So I was sort of was cross cutting across all these, um, all these uh, categories of the type of students that you would have. Um, so I learned from there. Um, I developed my talents. I explored myself, uh, but I've always had this ambition of what I want to achieve. So I've always, the one thing that has been consistent has been uh, my my interest to give everything the best and to become the best in the world at everything that I do. And I think that's important to state because I've done so many things, right? At, at some point, I wanted to be the best female striker or soccer player in the world. At some point, I wanted to be a dentist. At some point, I wanted to be um, a, a rich businesswoman. Uh, and that's generic. Uh, didn't matter which industry or discipline. At some point, um, I wanted to be the best uh, rap artist in the world in comparison to your Jay-Z and your Lauryn Hills. So in between school and sports, uh, I I gave sports my best. I I went for practice, but at the same time during the weekends, I'll give music and arts my best as well. I'd practice, you know. I used to have a cat music catalog of all Eminem's albums since he started, all of Jay-Z's albums since he started. So I studied music so deeply uh, to the point where I wanted to be an expert in it, but I also studied the business side of music. And then I got into college, you know, um, at college, I made some decisions uh, to focus on my academic disciplines, had a conversation with my mother. She's always been extremely supportive of everything that I do. Um, but we got to a point where she was just uh, guiding to say, you know, Yandi, um, why don't you think about having something uh, more stable, uh, more sustainable, and then you can go back. I promise you, after you get your degree, you won't hear anything from me about music. You can, you're free to go back to your music. So, you know, being a person who loves excellence, I understood that I can't do both. I can't do music and do academics in, in, in college as well, because I, I'm the type of person who wants to be to excel extremely well. I don't want to just get by with a good grade. I want to get by with an excellent grade. So I made a decision to just focus on my studies. By the way, I did accounting and finance. Mm. Um, and then from there, uh, after graduating in 2015, I actually spent about eight months in the studio trying to record my Neo Soul Hip Hop album. So after about eight months, I realized that, you know what, you're now over 21. You can't depend on your mother for pocket money or money for transport or upkeeping to, 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 to buy per, uh, toiletries on a monthly basis. I made a decision that, you know what, I think I need to uh, focus on building uh, my business side uh, skills first, and then I'll find my creative side. So the decision there also was based on looking at the industry to say, 
you know, a lot of musicians either, you know, you become wealthy, but at the expense of your moral discipline or uh, your, 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 the way that you morally handle yourself. You know, hip hop, you know, being a female in hip hop has certain uh, requirements, you know, your twerkings or being underdressed. And that's mainstream hip hop. Uh, but it's you're not forced to, but it's just unwritten uh, unwritten rules. And if you choose to be different, the opposite, which I think nobody has ever been able to do like Lauren Hill did. You know, she stayed with her neo-soul and conscious music, but still became sensational. Uh, but it's a little bit difficult for you to take that route and still be relevant and make money in the industry. So looking at that, analyzing that, I decided, you know what? I don't want to compromise on the quality of music that I create. So, um, and, and I don't want to compromise in my image or my content just to be mainstream so that I make money. I want to get, create a piece of work that is, I'm not depending to feed me. I'm, I'm not depending on to feed me. So I just want to create a piece of work where I'm expressing my thoughts around the world, politics, economics, family, uh, being the best at what you do, following your, 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 your passions and, and manifesting. Because I think that's the role of creatives and artists, right? Is to reflect society um, to itself, how it is in reality. And, and, and uh, when we put in the commercial aspect of the creative industry or the creative aspect of it, we tend to dim down the role, the true role of a creative. And so I made that decision. I actively started looking for jobs um, in, in the financial field. I managed to get an opportunity uh, as an intern under client services at a local stock, stock brokerage firm in Botswana. So what a stock brokerage usually does is basically um, advise working clients on the various stocks that they can buy in the stock exchange. It's a form of an investment, right? You mm -hmm. explain to them the different ways in which they can earn or, or, or increase their wealth and et cetera over a sustained period of time. You also analyze companies and their performance, looking at the annual returns. And um, you also um, help in terms of when companies go through um, the initial public offerings, you help with onboarding um, prospective investors that want to buy shares in that company. So that was my first practical work uh, role after I graduated in accounting and finance, after I decided to take a step back from the creative scene because it wasn't sustainable. From there, um, I, I, I transitioned into broadcasting where I got into, uh, I volunteered as a producer for a business show and it was called Live the Talk. So it was focusing on business economics and trade. And you know, after three months, I didn't have any background exposure in, in communications or marketing in terms of a degree, but I think the skill had always been there and it morphed from being a rapper. Because from rapping, I used to attend um, interviews at radio stations and interact with other broadcasters. When I was young, I actually didn't know that a skill was being transferred, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe that's why it was so easy uh, for me to actually transition into for me to actually transition into broadcasting. Beyond that, I think when I was growing up, my mother uh, wasn't a fan of television, so she actually didn't buy a television, though, though we could afford it. Um, and so all we had was a radio. So when my friends were coming back, this was what, standard one, standard one, you know, in primary school. So when my friends came back from home, from school to home and when they were watching Cartoon Network or whatever kids were watching at that time, all I had was radio. So I used to religiously listen to radio. And so I think that also played a role in my easy transition into radio. So after three months of volunteering, uh, my, my host then uh, told me about this opportunity to say, look, I think you can actually host this show yourself because I'm stepping back to another opportunity. And that's how it came about. So for the past four or five years, I've built a brand around broadcasting. I'd say that's where I've developed my expertise over and above my finance background and also started to really position myself as leading talent both in the country and on the continent. And I found a unique way to you know, do broadcasting, but also business development using my uh, finance degree. And also education, you know, because uh, I'm passionate about the way that I grew up. I think I lived a full life as a kid, you know, from doing sports, schools, academics, despite what might have been going on, um, on on a personal note or on a family perspective in terms of responsibility. And I noticed that that was a privilege. Not every young person actually has that experience to explore themselves. 
or takes the courage to explore themselves if they have the same opportunities that I have. And so I developed a certain passion for education in 2017 to say, how can I help less privileged kids to have the same level of exposure that I've had or mentorship to understand that they can really become anything that, that they want to be. They can explore themselves and be the best in anything that they want to be. They don't have to be limited to the generic um, uh, careers that we always hear when we're, in, uh, when we're in high school, which is be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a chartered accountant. You can actually morph your own profession in your own unique way, specific to purpose. Remember at the beginning I said, you know, my indicator of success would be identifying and living your purpose. I talk too much. Sorry. <laughs> you know, okay. uh, I actually want to slow you down there. Um, as I listen to you speak, Andy, I, I've always thought this about you. I've always thought you were a dreamer. But and that's re- that's really why I asked you, have, do you think you've hit the pause button or taken a break? from who you think you've been because I think you've carried on a load of you've carried on a load that I think was far beyond you um and I've always thought that about you I've never seen you hit the pause button and it almost sounds that way even as you speak you know um you touched on going through personal things but it almost sounds like when everything else is happening personally you just get busy and focus on that. How do you catch a mental break amidst all of that? Yeah, I think if that's a really great question. I think if, you know, let me just say this. I think because I'm living my purpose, it doesn't feel like I need to catch a break. I think that's really important, right? So, you know, if you feel like I need to take a pause, oh my gosh, she's doing so much. I'm living my purpose. Yeah. It doesn't feel like I'm doing much, but I, I get what you mean. Um, so I think... This question would have been really relevant maybe, um, yeah, five years. No, no, not five years ago. Eight years ago, actually. Is it 10? How old were you eight years ago? Okay, so 10 years ago, I was probably in between 18 and, no, 17. 17. But I'll tell you something. Yeah. As someone that has been around you, I think you've always sounded the same. You know what I mean? You've always sounded like you knew where you were going. Like... I don't know, as you listen to yourself, how relatable do you think you sound to the audience, to me, to anybody that does, that's listening to you that hasn't been with you? Because I, I wouldn't say I walked the journey with you, but I was there for certain parts of it. Yeah. And I swear, um, as I'm listening to you speak, it almost feels like I, I, I missed out on a lot because there were events that I probably wasn't there for. And... How do you find, how do you, as someone that, um, I think I, I read your bio, um, and the reason why you started your company was to um, give young people the opportunity to find employment, right? Yeah. How do you motivate people that don't have the drive that you have? How relatable do you think you are? Because when I listen to you speak, Andy, I'm almost like, uh-uh, I could never do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big question. How relatable am I? Jesus. Um, I think maybe that's why I started, you know, if you remember talking about the different types of students we are when we're young, from the nerds to the ones who are average to the ones who um, are not so average and not academically gifted, but they're gifted in other areas such as arts, right? Or music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my ability to hang around with all these people somehow, um, I don't know, at the time made me relatable, right? Where I am now, it's a good question. So I don't know whether I'm relatable in the sense of can other young people be achieve what they perceive I've achieved, right? To the level of excellence that I have. I'm not too sure about that. But I also think that's why I have the gift of communications, um, so that at some point I can communicate my journey that I'm actually as ordinary as 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 everybody else. I'm just a young person, you know. Uh, but you know, bringing me to my point where I was going to say your question around a mental pause and a break. Eight, yeah, eight ten years ago, right? If I hadn't started spiritually exploring my relationship with God, I would have crashed down. Um, I would have not found. That drive that you speak about, at some point I lost it. 
and also in relation to drive these confidence right i didn't know that like when you speak about always knowing what i want i think what you're inherently asking me is about my confidence as well right the courage to not only know what i want but to go for it so i think a lot of young hold on yeah I, I know the difference between knowing what you want and being... What did you say? Knowing what confident. you want and what? I mean confident that you... And co- I've always thought you were confident, but I also think it's like a two-sided coin. I also think in as much as you were confident, you almost knew where you were going. Mm. Um, or at least you you gave off the confidence. Yeah. I don't know if you always believed what you said, but... I think in telling people you were going to do that, that would push you to becoming that. Yeah. I'll tell you something. When you spoke about all the things that you wanted to be, the one thing I remember was you wanting to be an actuarial scientist. Yeah. And that you didn't mention, which is why I'm at a point where I'm like, do you, in, in, in your goal setting, I think I admire you, Yandile, and I admire you for a lot of reasons because I've seen you personally. I, I've known your personal journey. And that's outside your accolades. That sounds great to hear. But the point of outsider is really to drive home the point that you are relatable. You've experienced things that not your average person experiences and you've triumphed through that. That for me is success, which is why I asked you what your definition of success is. So I don't know whether you think success is a goal that you haven't reached yet because I think you've reached that goal several times that you may not even call that success. Um, I think I've said to you before, the difference between you and I is when I was going through my personal issues, I wanted to deal with those. And you went straight, straight into focusing on your academics and focusing on your music, which is something I wasn't doing. Um, you were there for me when I lost Bitumelo. And I, I was not able to get myself out of that turmoil, you know. But at the time when I was going through that, you're a year younger than me. You didn't focus on what you were going through at home, but I knew you were going through stuff because you shared that with me. But you never gave that precedence. Now, I, in as much as you said, at 18, I did go through the mental breakdown. I need you to talk about how you were able to compartmentalize your emotions and still thrive. Because the accolades sound great, but who is Yandile outside the accolades? Yeah, I think um, that's God. Your answer is God, hey? And when I say God, I speak about it from an angle of not even a one-sided relationship. You, you imagine a relationship where you're with a guy and the guy feels like they're in a relationship with you, right? So they do everything for mm-hmm. you that a guy in a relationship does. They buy you stuff. They take care of you. You know, they, they if they see danger, they'll, they'll be there for you. They'll walk you home. But as 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 the, the young lady, you don't consider him as a boyfriend. So he's just maybe a guy a guy friend or someone just passing by and he's being kind, right? Um, that's the mm-hmm. simplest way I could liken my relationship to God at 18. Um, and, and what gave me that focus, that discipline, right? To say, if my, my parents are divorcing in the same final year, I'm supposed to write my final form five or IGCSE and still come out with, what is it? Was it six A's or something like that? My nigga, I was. <laughs> I know that's a derogatory term. I apologize. Nigger in my country in Botswana is actually used as, um, what is it? It's like my dog, my cook, it's, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> what, but that was what's the word? What's the word for it? It's like um, it's like a pet yeah. name. You know, um, I apologize for that. And as much as it is a derogatory term, it doesn't hold as much value. Um, what translates to that would be, what translates to nigger would be a kefa, yeah. right? Um, so I apologize to the listeners for that. Um, yeah, you did get <laughs> six A's. And in all the subjects that not your average person would get six A's in. Yeah, so like... I think that was God because when everything happened that year, 
I just decided for some reason I got a strategy of how I should study more effectively because it's not like I was productive the whole year, right? Um, obviously, when you're going through challenges, you slack. Sometimes you don't feel like going to school. Some days you get in class and you just don't hear what the teacher is saying, right? But if you look at those grades, you, you might think, ah, she was disciplined throughout the whole year, which isn't true. So, but one thing that I did do, I think, um, is always do the work, do the practice work, do the homework, right? I didn't just show up in class and then show up in a test or an exam. So I think that helped as well. So yeah, to go back, I think God was there for me a lot during that time, even though I didn't have a relationship with God the way that I do now, the way that I know God exists now. Um, I was more around, you know, I just got a strategy out of nowhere and, you know, I followed it, that hunch. I developed a serious work ethic in terms of, you know, the last 30 days towards exams. I remember it was really difficult for me to even eat or, or bath because like it was wake up, study, wake up, study, you know, take a power nap, study, you know, that strategy. I need to do all these eight subjects before I write the finals, that sort of thing. And that only comes from God. It's not something I can say to you. I read a book or I met a mentor. No, those, those, that's not stuff that you get from a mentor or from reading a self-help book when you're in the, in the midst of a crisis, but you still need to function, right? Um, and I think, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the years, that's actually been a reality. The only difference now is that I'm conscious of it. I'm conscious of God. And I'm, it's also a two-way thing. It's not a one-way relationship. You know, sometimes we think waking up tomorrow is, COVID has shown us that it's a blessing. You know what I mean? You, you waking up and breathing is a blessing. And when you get to a point where you realize uh, the role of God in your life to that point where you understand God is giving you that breath, right? You don't just pray to God when you're about to write the exam or when you're about to graduate or, and you're looking for a job to move to the next city. No, you, you understand that God is the beginning and the end and the process is God. So, you know, at that age, that wasn't a visible concept to me. But over the past eight, 10 years, I've been nurturing my relationship with God. So I'm a bit more conscious of it, right? I'm conscious of the fact that when you say I'm not relatable, what you're or what I think is the undertone or the underlying message would be, everybody needs to find. I didn't say you're not. I said how, how, how relatable <laughs> okay. do you think you are? Yeah, in terms of, well, yeah, the, the message that I got was that I'm not relatable. But yeah, so, which is a really good thing, by the way, because, you know, one of the things that have driven me in broadcasting and sharing success stories is to for the audience to understand that they too are capable of, of success. So you're bringing a really great point to me to to not be blind to the fact that I myself now might seem unreachable or my story might actually discourage a young person as opposed to what I hope they would get from my story, right? When you feel like, ah, that's too much work. Like, are you saying you started this at 15? If if I didn't start at 15, it means I couldn't possibly be as competent as you are, right? So, but I love that you said that. That's the point I was trying to drive you at. And when you came on, Yandile, you sound like, um, you sound like you're rehearsed. Mm. And... That's, I think that's always been the difference between you and I. Like, I've always been, I want to take mm. a break. I want to mm. take a break. And that was the difference between you and I, even as we were friends. Yeah. And I'll tell you something. I admired that about you, but I still want it to be yeah. me. But you always, you always feel like, you, to me, it always looked that, it looked like you, you never enjoyed what you were yeah. doing. And I know that wasn't mm. true. But I always thought, like, you carried so much seriousness. I was like, where is her pause button? <laughs> and as you're going, even for the first 17 minutes of this call, of this yeah, uh, radio see. show, there was no pause button. <laughs> you know? And I let you speak because I was like, I need you to get to a point where she, I needed you to get to a point where you pause. And you say, yeah, okay. When do you get to celebrate Yandile? Because you even you've to the to show you that I don't think you've really hit a pause button. You can't yes, you talk about how God has done this, that, and the other for you, but you haven't you you wouldn't define yourself as someone that's reached success, that's gotten to a success. But you are a success story. You've been a success success story from from five. Yeah that's when your success story began and it's, it's always unfolding. 
Yeah, thanks for that. You're always continuing. And and I think you you're always on the run, which is why it's maybe it may be difficult for somebody who hasn't been with you finds it finds you unrelatable. Yeah. And I think I've said to you before, the reason why if ever I was to start a company with you is because you're the total opposite of me when it comes to that. Yeah. Is because I think you have to relax a little bit. And which is why we're here on earth is, you know, to enjoy, to enjoy the world, but not to be consumed mm-hmm. of it or consumed by it rather. Um, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I've always enjoyed my life. I think, formative years um i won't lie my my early 20s were not about enjoying my early 20s were about building you see when you talk about um taking a break right um i don't know i guess yeah i want to refer back to god again here right i think god gives us a vision mm-hmm. i've learned that not everyone that. has a vision and i think what you're trying what you've been trying to 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 paint a picture of always had a vision right um and then so the vision like you mentioned actuarial science at some point that i wanted to do that i wanted to do actuarial science at some point the don't worry about the background noise that's okay it 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 adds to this sorry about that it really adds to this you know this is a real conversation so, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to do a couple of different things, whether it's your actuarial science, whether it's your um, being a doctor or being a broadcaster. And so uh, what stays constant is the vision, right? The, the route towards the vision changes. And I think that's where God is important so that you don't waste too much time saying, I, I wanted to be an actuarial scientist and it didn't work out. Does that mean I'm a failure? No, it means actuarial science was not the best route or path that God needed you to go through to achieve the vision he's given you. So I've always had a vision, right? And I think that's that's, that's a spiritual concept, right? Um, and then in terms of, um, so I'm not forgetting what your question was. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. You know, I told you you took a lot. <laughs> but you know the good thing is i did i'm trying to remember because it was a really great point though no it's okay yandile um it it really is i i actually have a few questions that i would like you to answer and then we can go off and just have a conversation at the end um what motivates yandile nuku that's a really great difficult simple question um Excellence. <laughs> Let me just say that. I think I'm, I'm motivated right. by excellence. And I mean, I could go on and on about the problems we have in the world, etc. what I want to do, but I think um, excellence. So would you say your purpose is excellence? It doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're excellent. No, it matters it. what it is um, ever since I found my purpose. Okay, so what drives me, uh, Ole, you know, having been through some of the challenges I've been through, which uh, by example, for, for, for which by the way, is not like deep, deep challenges as compared to what I would say your average African goes through, right? Who probably doesn't come from a middle income family, right? The people who go through way much deeper uh, challenges than I do or that I've been through. Um, right. So I think what drives me is to see my story. You see what you said by... Um, I'm I'm a success story unfolding and I might not see it because of everything that I've overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. what drives me. I just want to see people overcome the circumstances and not to only focus on that. Life is not like you're not born into, you're not born to to overcome challenges, right? You're born to achieve something. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll, I'll revert back to the vision or we talk about purpose. Um, I want to see people manifest into what they were meant to be obviously that now becomes a spiritual conversation yeah but when we're younger that's not we don't know about all these concepts so the best thing to do when you're younger is just to go for what you love what your interests and passions are right um so yeah i think my success is really um a lift purpose and usually a lift purpose 
can never be only about you, your house, your car, your degree. A lift's purpose has something to do with people, other people, whether it's your family or your community. So I think for me, um, that's what drives me. I'm chasing something. I'm chasing a vision that I have. And I can't explain what that vision is. I can't draw it for you. But you can see its indicators if you take a look at my journey. At some point, one day, um, it'll be clear. But yeah. What was your coming of age moment? Okay, so what's a coming of age moment? <laughs> when was your uh, <laughs> what's that? Like? <laughs> when this was your cool. aha uh-huh moment uh-huh. about mm-hmm. like, who you are? Um, there've been many of those. There've been a series of those, right? I think my aha moment was, by the way, my gift is in speaking, um, communications. As much as I have a finance background and um, my purpose is, my spiritual gift is encouragement, right? Um, and encouragement is mm-hmm. is the, really the tiny difference between us acting on our passions, on you always starting this podcast or show and you not starting it. You needed somebody to encourage you to say start, right? That's that's a gift that I have. Oftentimes mm-hmm. that's my role and it translates to many other things. So my aha moment was really being on radio um, where you know, you're volunteering for three months and you then get this big show, one of the biggest talk shows in the country in, in Botswana's context, you're being listened to thousands of Botswana on a weekly basis and you don't even have a degree or a background in that. My aha moment was jumping into mm-hmm. that. First of all, people feeling like I can get that opportunity based on my commitment, my faithfulness. And then from there, what? I realized is I never knew I had I was competent in speaking. I never knew I was competent in communication. Ow. No, really, at the level at which I am now. That's that's what I would say, right? But being on the platform and hosting that radio program, which opened also other opportunities, was an aha moment for me. Um, and then the second aha moment, I remember I was in uh, Kigali. Uh, is it two two years ago? Two three years ago, it was a bus- business matchmaking uh, in Gate trip. Where's Bali Kigali is in Rwanda, that, that in Africa. Yeah. Thank you. So I visit. I visited Kigali, and I went to the CNBC Africa studios, and I saw a young man producing. I think it was it called Power Hour, if I'm not mistaken. And he was uh, presenting this show, yeah. and I was behind the scenes just observing and job shadowing. And I remember looking at him, and I'm like, "Oh my god! Like, I'm actually." I'm like, I'm actually very competent. Like, I'm actually competitive, not just in Botswana, but in Africa, right? And so that shifted my level of confidence to a whole new ball game. You know, when I came back to Botswana, I wasn't delivering my work as a young Botswana in Botswana. I started delivering my work as Mm -hmm. a young Botswana who is globally relevant, top talent in the world, and who is one of the best in the world. Right. And that attracted many other opportunities after that from your CNNs coming to look at my story and many other opportunities that I've gotten to work on um, global projects that were not just um, focused in Botswana. So that was, I think, my aha moment started from that point where I was given an opportunity to be on a platform and I realized certain skills that I never thought I was not good at is not even the word the best at because there's a difference between good and being the best uh, amongst an audience or a crowd. Yeah. So that was when you made the transition from your childhood ways to maybe your adult way, your, your adulthood, right? Yeah. Um, I think, I've, I think, I'm, you know, there's this concept of the inner child. I don't think, I've, I don't think I've yeah, stopped being a child. Out. Like, I don't know the transition that you speak of. Maybe it's, responsibility f- uh, focused remember we spoke about how i think yeah so i was going to say that i've always had the inner child and the, the adult in me I've, I'm, an, I'm an old soul let me say that so but i'm still a child in the sense that you know if you go on youtube you'll see rapping videos of me when i was young right that's not how an adult ha- handles themselves right um, you know, you'll see me, mm-hmm. you know, you know how we used to be when we were younger, you know, you see somebody, oh, my dog, you know, that, that's a kid in you, right? Um, and I think that's still, 
I still have that side of me. That's why I'm a creative as well at heart in everything that I do. So for me, I don't think I've, I've, I've ever had to think about life from a transitional perspective to say, okay, now I'm an adult. I think I've always thought about adult things in terms of responsibility, whether it's um, paying bills or even if I wasn't the one paying the bills, I was conscious of the fact that in this house, there's somebody paying bills. In this house, there's somebody investing. There's somebody earning a salary. You know what I mean? That costs, you know, I've always had that. So I don't think my transition to my 20s needed a huge mental shift, right? Um, in, in terms of what's expected mm-hmm. of me in life. Um, so, yeah. I still have that side of me. Yeah, I still have Another that, that child in me. Um, and, you know, I think if I didn't have it, I wouldn't explore myself the way that I do in terms of my various jump into them. You know, I would think, no, because you've graduated in finance, you must become a chartered accountant. You must become an investment banker. Okay, now you must start a family. No, that's not the way I approach my life. I explore, right? I've got interests. Um, there are certain issues or challenges that are really close to my heart. I explore them. What could be the, the solution to this in relation to my gifts and my talents and my creative um aspect so yeah thanks Vex. um Vex, how do you know how do you know when to use your voice mm-hmm. in, like in what way as in what would i say so it's in two ways voice are you talking about um the quality of voice is in a radio voice or voice in the sense of including maybe if I feel a certain way about a certain topic to voice my concerns, whether I'm talking to Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know when to use my voice. Um, I think, okay, I don't know where I get this from, but I've always been, I don't know if you knew this, but geez, I've always been outspoken from a young age. Like, I just know, I don't know where I get this from, but nobody can come in mishandle me whether in the way that they speak to me or whether in the way that they want to give me access to opportunity or not to give me access to opportunity Um, whether it's somebody else also not treating other people properly I've always been the type of person who will step in and say no actually you're not speaking to this person with respect hold off apologize Um, if somebody doesn't speak to me in the right way I'll say I don't appreciate the way that you're speaking to me Uh, I don't appreciate the way that you're relating with me um, and, and also that has translated other things to take today, I've got, I sit on various boards and, you know, if I feel like there's something that needs to be said, that we're not doing well in a particular organization or institution, I'll say it, even if nothing changes, I'll say it. Usually people are looking for that one person who mm-hmm. will say what everybody wants to say, but they're afraid to say it. So I think that confidence has been nurtured from a young age where, I don't know, I've always had the space <clears throat> or somewhere the confidence to just speak my mind, right? Um, and, and and maybe, that's... yeah. I'll tell you what I think. Your mom has always um, mm-hmm. valued your opinion. At least that's um, the perception yeah. that I got when I was around you. Um, and I think when when you're raised in a society a patriarchal society, it's very difficult to know when to use your voice. Um, it, it also, it's, it's important to know the setting in which you're raised in. And if you haven't seen maybe a woman in your family use her voice or being allowed to use her voice, it almost senses your ability, it senses your ability to to share your voice because you don't know how valuable your opinion is. And I think you've never given you've never given that precedence because you didn't know there was you didn't know you you your voice didn't need to be heard. Your mom gave you that platform often. So I think that was a bit of a redundant question because I, I mean, I wanted to know, but I wanted, I feel like I answered myself. Not really, I mean, but I needed you to today say today is something today. I struggle with because I mean, um, patriarchy is something that will always be there. Right, even in institutions, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. uh, within a parental relationship. So today, um, right. maybe I'm still learning. I'm actually still learning. Um, maybe you you, you, you pay mm. attention to your tone of voice, right? 
pay attention to your timing of your right. message. When do you give somebody feedback? So the, 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 then the case is not, not to ever give feedback, but when do you give the feedback? Um, and how do you give the mm-hmm. feedback? Is it in a rude manner or is it um, in a well-received manner? And I'm still struggling with that. Sometimes what um, maybe an older person who is supposed to be accountable to me feels like this is rude. To me, I'm like, when I express myself, I, I speak loudly, but I'm not shouting at you, Right. So these are things that I'm learning also as I move. It's one of the challenges I, I, I have as a young person to say when you're dealing with in multi-generational settings, how do you keep your, how do you not silence yourself, but also um, be cognizant of the culture that is around you? To enjoy, I mean, the goal is always to drive the point home, right? Mm-hmm. There's no point in you having a voice, but nothing right. changes. So how do you communicate your voice so that you're heard in such a way that whatever it is you're trying to communicate is actually addressed and 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 listened to. Um, this episode is called yeah. Unconventional Journeys. What would you say was unconventional about your journey? Um, I think I'll, <laughs> this whole conversation has been unconventional. <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> Stop it. I think I'm a, a, what you consider as a multipotential. I don't know if this exists. Multipotentialist. Mm. So this is someone who is good at a lot of things, and it's still continuing today. Um, so everything about me has always been unconventional. Ole, from juggling, rapping, you know, school, academic. Yeah, so That's today, to even if you try and look at my profile, you, you're probably struggling to identify what did this what did this chick go to school for? <laughs> or if I don't show you my profile, right. you, you 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 wouldn't be able to identify me with anything, but you'd be able to identify you'd be able to notice me when I'm in a room. If I open my mouth and were engaging about something, making contributions or making decisions, I'll make a tangible contribution, right? Where you have to ask yourself, who is that? What does she Mm. do? So, you know, the whole idea of finishing finance, doing uh, broadcasting and getting into innovation support, getting into education, that's unconventional, you know? Um, So, yeah, I think my entire journey... um, has has been unconventional and i think that's because of my nature i'm i'm dynamic i'm divergent i'm diverse and um there's that uh, saying that says a, a jack of all trades trades a master of none i think there are exceptions but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry but that was not from an egotistical yeah. perspective but i think yeah. i no you know what i yeah. actually wanted you to say that hold on who is Yandile with accolades? Um, I don't know. I don't even describe myself. Have I even shared my accolades this whole entire hour only? I have. Yeah, you have. You, you, you've. Um, <laughs> but, but you don't know what these accolades are. Yeah. Listen here. Who is Yandile without all those things? All the things you've mentioned. Um. I don't know how to answer that question. But only I'm cautious of making it seem like um so for instance, Ole, I think you're asking a question of identity, mm-hmm. right? If I wasn't a broadcaster, would I still right. feel whole? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if, well, I was, if I didn't have a degree, would I still feel whole? Um I'm I'm God's child and God is a creative. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's what I would say. I'm God's child. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know what? You, you drove it home and I'm proud of you, Yandile. I'm proud of you for not, for not allowing your problems to be you, um, and kind of swimming through it. And I thank you for holding me through my my troubled times. Oh, those were those, those were challenging. You know, I, I I said in the beginning at some point on the show that you were 
you were younger than me and you were going through what you were going through. I think I've only seen you cry once, which is part, partially why I asked you, when do you catch a break? When do you pause? And how, what do you feel? Rela- do you feel like you're relatable? Because even myself being your friend, there are times when I'm like, dude, when are you going to live? Um, but we, we live in different ways. We, we pause in different ways. And you've explained what your pause button looks like. And I think it's important to say our pause buttons are not the same. Um, what we need, our motivations are not the same. Um, what drives us is not the same. So I think you are relatable to those that find you relatable. Um, I, I think you've, I read your, I, I read your um, bio on LinkedIn. Oh, and I watched your video and you, you spoke about having a 20-year a plan. I did want you to speak on that, but I think at this point I can see your story is always unfolding and you've given mm-hmm. that to God, right? Thank you. Thank you very much for that. So, and just to, I think I remember what I wanted to say earlier around me sounding rehearsed. I think the word there is in, intentional, right? I'm very <laughs> intentional about my life um and that's also because mm-hmm. like when you ask me what's my motivation excellence so there's a certain level of we're not we can't all be Usain Bolt right but there's certain sacrifices yeah. that Usain Bolt had to make to get to where he is so similarly in my life mm. you can think about it from that perspective but in my various fields and endeavors so it's not everybody who's given the vision to become mm-hmm. that, right? Um, and then, yeah, in terms right. of living, I think you answered it. It's relative. And, and, and like, again, to, to close it off, to say it, it all goes back to purpose. What, because you, you don't have my purpose, from the outside, it might look like you need to take a break. <laughs> you need to take a break. But to me, Right. After I do that engagement, after I do that show, after I do that project, after I submit that proposal, it's just the sense of fulfillment that I have that I don't think, I think even young people, because we didn't talk about other things in life, right? The drinking, the smoking, the drugs, the alcohol, the partying, mm-hmm. we're chasing that fulfillment and you don't know it. We're chasing. Which is something you've yeah. never so, done. Am I right? right? that fulfillment that we're chasing, that emptiness that we're chasing as young people. I mean, I'm aware of it because like I said, I hang around with different people. I don't, I don't judge. I don't, I'm not, I'm not elitist. I don't, you know, associate myself with a certain specific group of people. Right. I relate with people from all walks of life. And what I mean by I relate, not just to know your story. I can literally have lunch with you. You can have my number. We can interact and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, so, you know, that sense of fulfillment, I have it. And I know that's what a lot of us chase in the world. That's why we talk about purpose to say, when you sleep, do you have fulfilled purpose? You're finishing this podcast now, Ole. How do you feel? You know, these, do you feel like, like you see when you said to me, uh-huh, that's what I wanted you to say around me being, um, multi-potentialist, right? There's something that you're looking for and, probably you're going to leave this conversation so fulfilled before your audience even listens in that's purpose fulfilled right that feeling you you cannot you 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 you, you cannot go and buy that feeling right so you know it's, it's some of that stuff that um yeah and that's what fuels you for the next one right you know now you're going to be energized okay mm-hmm. cool i learned so much from this conversation i think i want to speak to this person for this next conversation but before this conversation, you wouldn't have the inspiration or the zeal for the next conversation. So I think life for me, it's like that. You know, it's um, bit by mm-hmm. bit, but in every bit, you give your best. You know, the same way you shouted at me when I wanted us to do this via voice notes and you're like, ah, come on, I take my work seriously. So, you know, that's you achieving <laughs> that excellence, but also, you know, um, living within your purpose. Purpose, by the way, isn't always a big thing. It can be a small little act, Right. Um, so yeah thanks for having me um and and thanks for 
um, the feedback that you've given me. It's always great to uh, have a chat with people that you grew up with um, because as we go in life, we meet people who have no idea what our background looks like. So it's always great for somebody to remind you, actually, dude, this That's is where true. you come from. This is how far you've come. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Thank you. I don't know how 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 concise you can how concise you can answer this last question. I want you to answer for someone that is struggling um, through living a worldly life and trying to be as disciplined in their purpose as you are what advice okay, so would you give that let person? me i don't know whether i should apologize because now we're gonna get into I'm, I'm 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 conscious of the fact that we don't all have the same beliefs right and i don't want to force my beliefs on anybody um right. but for those that might relate to my beliefs mm-hmm. or even if you have different beliefs i think the principles are the same um read your bible okay meditate on your bible L- listen to mm-hmm. praise and worship um and pray and uh, now it's different church used to be a physical thing listen to um leaders who are leaders of faith right um whether it's your preacher whether it's your tdjs um religiously every day so it it has to be um, part of your routine so that is going to lead to everything else you know, when you spoke about relatability, I don't think I have to be relatable because nobody can ever live my life and nobody should be me and nobody should take hmm. me. I'm me, I'm going to die, hmm. and that was it. Hmm. So the only way you can become what you are hmm. meant to be in your own way, where Yandile one day will listen to you and feel like, geez, you, you're doing so much, I don't think I can, I have the capacity to, to do that, is only if you found, since you asked me who I am, you found the God in you. Right. So, 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 in, 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 in if I was to answer it, um, that's how I would answer it. <laughs> cool. Thank you. That was Yandile Nugu, guys. I hope you enjoyed her. Um, like she said, she's a childhood friend that is living her purpose. Cool. Thank you, Vex.